I'm absolutely convinced that all men, including you and I, have hidden potential that's not been tapped into. The team and I have designed a quiz for you to work out what that could be, and there's a link to it in the show notes. I'll tell you more at the end, but for now, enjoy the episode. So I suggested, and I didn't think she would entertain the idea. I said, well, why don't you come around mine and do karaoke? You have a karaoke night with a few drinks. And she was keen for the idea, and I just couldn't believe it. And that was my chance. Welcome to Stories of Men, Beneath the Surface. I'm Alex Melia. Join me as we discover what it means to be a man in the modern era. Today's episode is about the power games we play in relationships. Coming out of the pandemic was a particularly unstable time for Samuel. He just moved to a new place, changed jobs, and ended a four-year relationship. One day, an old friend came to visit him, and they decided to have a night out. We had a few drinks at mine, then we went to this bar in, in town. It was a really cold night. Because it was coming towards Christmas, it was one of those outside Alpine lodge bars. Quite a busy bar, everyone was stood outside and drinking and in quite a good spirits. There was music playing, but most people stood outside by the heaters and just by chance stood at this uh, table next to these two girls. And one of these girls in particular really took my attention. Small blonde girl, which is my type generally. Beanie hat on, quite a big coat because it was cold and, and I think blue jeans. Really easy to talk to straight away, very open. Really love uh, warm, open people that can just take a joke and have a laugh. That was Elise and um, I was just drawn to her. And one of the first things we spoke about was my friend Kev has got quite a lot of tattoos. And she said, oh, I've got some tattoos I regret. She actually had a lyric from a Smith song on her foot. And I kind of looked at my friend Kev and I was like, this is so strange because we were literally talking before we left to go to that bar about the Smiths and what our favorite Smith song was. And I chose the song that she had tattooed on her foot. I was hooked in straight away, pretty much. So I went to the bar and I think we got, we had a drink together at the bar and we were just chatting and my friend Kev was like, can we go, because I'm so cold. He actually said to me, well, get her number then. I asked for it, she gave it to me, and we said we were gonna meet up later in the night, maybe, when they were gonna get some food at the German market, and we wanted to go to another bar. Annoyingly, I went. we went to this bar, and there was no signal. Got out of the bar and had, like, missed call off her and a text, and by the time I got the message and I rang her, she was like, oh, we're on our way home now, because we didn't hear back from you, we didn't know what you were doing. So I was like, oh, just my luck, like, that's, that's that, might not see her again. We were texting quite a bit after that. The similarities were so crazy. There were so many coincidences. The Godfather was one of her favorite films and it's my favorite film. And she had a photo of it on her wall and I've got a photo of the Godfather on my wall. We were born on the same day. So we both got exactly the same date of birth. We would talk for hours and it would just be so easy and comfortable. I knew I had to see this girl and see if what I thought potentially was there. So I suggested, and I didn't think she would entertain the idea. I said, well, why don't you come around mine and do karaoke, have a karaoke night with a few drinks? And she was keen for the idea and I just couldn't believe it. And that was my chance. 
I'm really excited to hear what happened next. So she said yes. She wants to come to your place for karaoke. Tell us more. So a few months had passed, a couple months passed since I, I saw her, uh, I met her originally. And even though we had so much in common, when you haven't seen someone for a couple of months, I was, um, I was like, am I going to be still physically attracted to her? Because I've only seen her once. And you know, when you haven't seen, you've only seen someone once, although the, the, talk, the talk and everything was great. But I remember she, uh, she rang my bell, I opened the door and like straight away, I was like, yeah. Yeah, the, the physical attraction is still definitely there. And it was such a, a great, uh, great feeling, I guess, because I knew, I thought that would be the case, but there was still a bit of uh, doubt. So she came in, we had, um, we had a pizza, actually, we got to take away. And then we had a few drinks, just chat, we were chatting. And again, conversation flowed. It was, it was great. It was so comfortable. Straight away, we were both really at ease, which is great on a date. And um, yeah, after a few drinks, I was like, okay, we're going to do the karaoke then. It, it, actually, to be fair, we were talking for a good couple of hours. Like we were, It was getting quite late into the night and I didn't think we would maybe actually would do the karaoke in the end after all the talk. Uh, but then we got it, we, we got it out. And um, I mean, I'm a fairly confident person, but even singing in front of people you don't really know, it can be a bit, bit daunting and... Uh, a bit, a bit nerve wracking, and it's a bit weird just being one on one. But we had a few drinks, so obviously that eased the nerves a little bit. But it was great. We both we sang so many songs. We did duets together. It was just a great, a great date. That was not your typical date. It might sound weird to a lot of people, but it was just fun. Like we didn't, we just had a lot of fun with it, and we we were just so there was just this chemistry that straight away i mean when you sing with someone as well like do duets and stuff they were like funny songs we were doing and stuff as well i remember she was she did a whitney houston song um i want to dance with someone she's got a great voice and i remember she sang that and i pretended to be a like hype man and would like come up come up and go like dance when she was singing and stuff and she, she like loved that and it was little things like that little interactions we had throughout the night before we knew it it was 4 a.m Obviously, the old cliche, time flies when you're having fun. It was like, next thing, I was like, God, it's four o'clock. We've been here for hours. By this point, I hadn't kissed her or anything like that. It was just like getting to know her and having fun with her. Anyway, I offered my spare room because I'm a gentleman. Um, I offered that from the from the get-go to put her at ease. And um, she took it. <laughs> and uh, But just before we went to bed, I, I did lean in for a kiss and we had a kiss and it was great and that was it she went to bed I went to bed I remember I woke up the next morning and I remember thinking that was a great night and my own, own like self-doubt was like but did she have a great night anyway she walked to the bathroom while I was in in bed I was like oh did you sleep okay and she was like oh yeah fine thanks I was like I'm just about I've got I got up early to watch the Australian Open tennis final she was walking past and I said um, you're welcome to join in my bed if, if you want and watch it. Really didn't know what she was going to say at this point. And uh, she's like, yeah, okay then. So she got into bed with me and it was great. Again, we were just talking about ev anything and everything. We Obviously, I was watching the tennis. She was asking questions about it, getting involved. And it it just felt so like natural. And then we did like kiss and we kiss we kissed a lot in the morning nothing more than that really it was just yeah a lot of, a lot of kissing and uh it was great it was like i was like wow this is this this has gone well this has gone well as i kind of hoped really
what actually happened with Elise in the end? Are you together now? How is the relationship with you and her? So after all that initial uh, greatness, <laughs> I guess you can say, no, we're, we're not together. And it was, it was actually very short-lived. After that date, we were both basically saying how surprised we were, how well we got on and how great it was. And I was really taken back by that because I knew I felt that, but I wasn't sure how she felt. So it kind of got a bit intense quite soon in terms of like, she was telling me, uh, she had told her mum how great I was and all this and that. And um, we even, it was very, it was in jest, but we joked about oh, her moving to my town because she obviously lived out. And this was after that first date. And I was like, wow. And I know it sounds cliche again, but I've, people have always said, said, oh, when you know, you know. And I've never had that, never in my life. And I thought, oh, maybe this is it. Obviously, it wasn't because we're not together, but I thought maybe that was it. And I got all swept up in it. I was like, um, wow, I'm really into this girl. She's really cool. She ticks so many boxes. And so she's really into me as well. And this is great. But after like a few weeks, it kind of just unraveled a bit. She got a bit flaky when it came to meeting up again. I got a bit agitated with it. I was like, why are we, like, I'm really into you. You're really into me. I didn't say this to her, but I was like, why you? It's almost like she was fighting it. It was like she didn't want it to progress. And maybe I was coming on too strong, but I was getting the signals off of that she was as well at the start. So maybe I just got too carried away. And it was almost like, yeah, she was fighting this, like to, to make it go any further it kind of all came to a head when um she basically cancelled then we were arranged again and then she just went a bit quiet on the text which is very unlike her and I knew something was up and I kind of preempted it and just said look you're obviously looking for this to kind of end like looking back on it I was stupid I was love struck I guess you could call it I was so I just wanted it to like, I want, I'm a bit of an impulsive person. I want it and I want it now. I, 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 I knew how I felt. I knew how, well, I thought I knew how she felt and I didn't want to waste any time. Again, it, maybe it comes back to the age aspect. I'm getting a bit older. I, I don't want to waste time. Like that's, and I thought she was on the same page and maybe she was at the start and then she got a bit scared. And um, that's what she kind of basically said in the end. She, um, she, she gets a bit scared when it's a bit full on. And in my head, I thought, okay, I get that. But at the same time, you're not getting any younger. <laughs> you're the same age as me. Like, and if you feel, if you really believe what you've told me, because she was, I know it kind of sounds like it's maybe a one-way thing where I was really into her, but I had to like look back through messages. I was like, oh, is this in my head? But I was like, no, like she's told me all this stuff. For me, I am kind of a bit of an all or nothing. If I like someone or I'm in someone, I'm like, yeah, let's let's go for it. I'm I'm just that's just kind of my personality, but it just doesn't happen very often for me that kind of thing. So I can understand it from her point if that's not her thing, and it was a bit, well, this is like a bit too 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 much. While we're we're talking about things that we shouldn't probably be talking about, and it's getting a bit too intense basically. And I was in a real rush to. And again, it probably goes back to the instability I had before and the maybe a bit of self-doubt. And I was just like, I want to really get her, get her to know me and basically fall in love with me kind of thing. And I was just sure. I don't meet girls like that all the time. I just don't, don't, I just don't have that connection and uh, that attraction. 
and all the coincidences and everything and so much in common, the fun we had and everything. But it was just cut so short. Since then, we still talk. I know she has this feeling where, like me, where it could have been, should have been explored a bit more. But she's just, uh, it's her personality, she's so... Again, I don't know, obviously I don't know as well, and I might be speaking out of turn, but for my opinion, her personality is so... Um, she wants to fight that feeling almost. She doesn't want to go along with it. She doesn't want to maybe make herself vulnerable. I don't know. Maybe that's it. If it was explored and didn't work out, fine, we could walk away and say, well, we gave it a go after such a strong start. But for me, the overriding feeling is we didn't really give it a go. And maybe I've, I take some blame for that, for rushing it a bit maybe. And um, okay, I, I think she would maybe take some blame for it, I'd like to think. I'm wondering for you, when you've been in these sorts of situations, particularly with this girl, Elise, where you were talking about really wanted something to happen and you had this self-doubt, do you think you were justified in having this self-doubt because of the way that she was with her avoidant tendencies? Or do you just think that that's, that was your self-esteem issue at the time? Or is it a combination of the two? I think it's a combination. I think it, it ordinarily, years gone by, especially when I was younger and stuff, I would have would not have the self-doubt to to start with I don't think obviously coming out of a relationship you do carry a bit of doubt don't you but I think it looking back on it the way um, she interacted with me it did it did definitely um, play into that so I think it's a combina combination of both it was probably not not her to blame but it's her personality and the way um, yeah the way she kind of not gave me that self because it's really harsh to put that onto her um, but yeah, it's just maybe the different personalities. But again, it was part of me as well. If I always think as well, if I met her at any other time in my life, if I met her now, if I met her, well, obviously before I met my ex, I, I'm so sure it would have gone different because I was a bit different then. I probably was more stable place and everything like that. I, I'm convinced. And I think I've told her this as well when we've been chatting since since it happened. I was like, I just met you at the completely wrong time, really. But but having said that, it, she did play a part in that as well. So it wasn't just, I can I can confidently say, it wasn't just me. It's like like you were saying, with avoidant personalities, you are almost second guessing sometimes. And maybe something happened in a, a previous relationship or Live, I didn't. Obviously, I knew her, but I was scratching the surface. I didn't know know her, know her, so I don't know what's led her to be like that. Um, and that's maybe just the way she is, or maybe that's just the way she was with me. You just don't know. You just don't know. We'll get back to the episode in a second. Before that, I just want to say, if you think this episode would be useful to a friend, send it along. You never know; it might just be the exact thing they're looking for today. And now back to the show. I can relate to how frustrating it must be for you because you think to yourself, well, when am I going to meet someone like this again? These women don't grow on trees in terms of the fact that she is so in tune with everything that you do in your life, the approach that you have to life. You think to yourself, well, the pool of women's getting smaller and smaller as I develop personally in terms of knowing myself better, knowing what I want in, in a woman. You know, you told me when we were traveling that you want to have kids, you want to get married. But these women, they're not, they're not easy to find, are they? So I can see why you, you know, you, I can see why you were quite full on because you just don't know when you're going to see someone like that again. You want to show and signal your interest. 
Exactly that. So I, I had the feeling at the time, I remember, it was almost like I'd been on a couple of dates since my ex, but they were like one or two dates and there was nothing there really. It was just, just you know, what, how, what dating's like. And I remember thinking like, I can't see where the, my next relationship is coming from. Like I had that feeling. And then someone like that came along and I was like, okay, wow. And like you say, you want to show you're interested. And it's, it's, it's psychology as well. You know, when you're not that interested and you don't show it and then the girl come, is, is so much more into you. Like if I had played it like that, I think it would have gone different as well, but I just couldn't, couldn't help it. I just, it was, I just couldn't help it. And, I, and it made me actually think as well, um, oh, maybe I have done this to girls in the past and like maybe that's something I need to reflect on. I always like to think I never lead someone on, but maybe I've been been a bit like avoidant or like kept them guessing and that's got them more into me. And I've kind of reflected on that since then as well, that maybe, uh, maybe I shouldn't do that as much. As much as I wanted to tell her like I liked her and wanted to speak to her every day, maybe if I just told myself and I remember at the time telling myself don't text her like don't don't like be so keen like keep a bit back I get but the flip side is you want to be yourself you want to follow your your emotions don't you you want to be true to yourself so it's this dating though isn't it it's just uh it's, it's just it's just one of those things but yeah I, I I remember thinking where is my next relationship I can't see anything on the horizon and then that came along and I was like, okay, wow. But didn't work out. <laughs> and you think to yourself as well, like the way that you said, the way I played it. So, you know, in your head, it's like a, a game or people call it the relationship game. And it's this sort of back and forth. And a lot of men, they're thinking about power and they're thinking of control when they're thinking about interactions and the, the way that they are in relationships. And it's difficult, like you say, because you're really into this girl, but you don't want to show too much interest to the work to the point where she backs off. Because when I speak to women about the number one reason that they're turned off by men is when they are when men are needy or possessive or too full on or too intense that they really do pull back. I mean, this is some women because some women really like it because it shows that you're into them. But then you get to the point that, you know, I'm 36, you're 36. We're at that point in life where you don't want to play games anymore. You just want to be a man who is attracted to a woman and, you know, you want the natural order of things to play out, not to have this, okay, well, I'll message her back two hours later because she messaged me back two hours later. And you're kind of having this back and forth. It's like, well, it's just become a game now. Exactly what I was thinking. I um, I was like, I'm, I'm old, too old playing games. I don't, I don't want to do that. If I want to text her, I'll tell you, yeah, I'm not going to wait a few hours and then like play it cool. But you're right. The foot, the full on, the full on does put, uh, put a lot of people off. But I just thought at the start, she was a bit full on as well. With some of the stuff she was saying. So I thought we were kind of on the same page. And then obviously I maybe went that little bit further with it, I guess. I don't know. And then she started pulling back, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's like, I don't want to play these games anymore. I've done it. Okay, when you're in twenties and that, yeah, you kind of expect it. But now you're like, no. And and she actually said as well. She said, look, load of girls would 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 love that, but I'm just like like you just said, I'm just uh, put off by it a bit, kind of thing. And also the other thing was because we lived apart, it was a bit of a long distance. It wasn't even a relationship really, but it was, a bit, it was a long distance interaction. 
So again, you want, I wanted to give her a bit of reassurance as well that I'm not out dating other girls and stuff. Like I'm invested in like just you, like, and that's for me being single, that's quite a big thing. And we actually had a conversation again after, I think after the first date, she was like, well, I'm pausing my um, dating apps and stuff. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do that as well. I'm not interested in speaking to anyone else. So it was stuff like that. And I was like, wow, like, girls sometimes get this impression of me that I'm a bit of a like a player or something like that and I didn't want her to think because we were living apart I was doing that so I was also trying to show her by being keen no look I'm I'm still into you I'm into you you know but backfired when you were telling me the, this story initially and I was taking the piss going she's played you like an absolute fiddle mate and we, we both had a laugh about it but when we're talking about power and control she is the one who is in the power position because she's calling the shots. And we've all been in that position where we've been in the power position and this is, you know, you're not showing as much interest in the other person. You might not be replying or ringing them as much as you. You can feel the energy and generally I've found, maybe it's not always the case in reality, but there's always kind of one person who is not showing as much interest and they are kind of in more of the, the power position. So she was deciding when she was going to meet you and it just meant that you were always in a very tough situation there where you don't want to be playing power games with people and it's just a really tough one to swallow because like I said, I've been in that position myself previously and you you, you don't just forget these women immediately. You're, you're still thinking about them you know, you might have a situation. I remember in being in the, the train station in Hong Kong years ago when I was teaching out there. And I remember walking up the steps of this train station and smelling the perfume of the girl that I wasn't seeing anymore. And it just created this sort of wistful nostalgia of this, ah, oh, she was amazing. And it could be anything. It could be you listening to the There Is A Light That Never Goes Out The Smiths again, or it could be you see someone with a, a music lyric on their on their ankle and it reminds you of her and you think, oh, just if only this would have worked out. So it's a really tough one because you can't just forget that person straight away because they've left an indelible mark on you. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that Whitney Houston song, when it, I, after that I heard it all the time I know it's quite a popular song but I heard it all the time and it always reminded me of her and and she sent me it when like a few months later she was on in a club or somewhere and she was like oh this song's just come on and we would do the same another aspect to it is and as much as I hate it is social media like with we like obviously we follow each other on Instagram and it's a real I mean as much as I hate it I'm a hypocrite because I'm on it and um she'll interact with stuff I post and it doesn't help. doesn't help. But then like, she'll post something. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And like, we still kind of got that connection. And I, I know it's not good because it's almost torture. Like, isn't it? And it's just prolo like prolonging the agony, but in a way it's good. Cause we can still have that little thing. And, uh, but yeah, you, it is modern world. Like you're talking about the perfume you're smelling, but if you want to get reminded by someone, you just got their bloody Instagram, social media, and it's like right bang on your face. And like, it's got to a point where I think, oh God, this is like, so this is like a year now since that date, um, since that karaoke date. So it's getting to the point now where it's like, oh, just, just cut, like I'll delete Instagram or delete her or something, you know, you don't want to, I'm over it to the to the extent where I'm obviously dating other girls and stuff, and I mean I was doing that straight away. But I mean I'm, but I still think about her. 
until I meet someone that has that impact, I think that's natural. It's like you, it's like when you break up the your ex and you're not a hundred percent sure until you meet that next person, and then you're like, right, yeah, that's sure, like that. That's why it didn't work, you know. And I guess until I do get in a serious relationship with someone, which I haven't since then, not a serious one, then um, probably still that, that doubt that that feeling still going to linger a bit. Samuel, my last question for you today is how have you changed as a man and how do you view relationships moving forward from that experience? I reflected a lot on that and it probably goes against a lot of um, what should be good and progressive, but I actually felt the way I was in that, let's call it a relationship, it wasn't a relationship, let's call it that, that I wasn't a man like a, uh, what you would classify a man as in she had all the power like you said I was I was open with my feelings which years ago probably wouldn't have been and um, probably not quintessential what you would call a traditional masculine way of doing it so I put almost like I was vulnerable I, I, I was vulnerable and so um but then have I learned from that? Would I do anything different? I think I would, obviously I would like to think I would do things different, but that I'm, that's who I am kind of thing. And like we said, some girls will like that. I like to think myself as um, quite a, not now for me, I hate that term, but a confident man who usually is in control, I would say. But in that instance, I didn't have it and I was vulnerable and it kind of backfired. And that's, Probably the only time I've really felt like that. Before I get started on my thoughts on today's episode with Samuel, I just want to say that Samuel isn't his real name. And I suppose it's reflective of men not wanting to reveal their vulnerability when it comes to unrequited love. It must be so frustrating to wait your whole life for someone who literally ticks all the boxes you could have ever hoped for and they don't want to proceed further. Is the ticking boxes thing something that we pay far too much attention to, which ultimately works against us? I've met people that say that their partner doesn't actually tick as many boxes as they'd hoped, but they're still madly in love with each other. And the opposite has occurred as well, where someone literally ticks every box you could have hoped for, but there's just no chemistry, there's nothing there, there's no connection. I suppose as much as you want it to work, if the other person isn't willing to come some of the way, you have to let it go at some point. We're often told in movies, TV, our friends telling us this, don't be so keen, but are we too focused on these games? I think I did this quite a lot in my early 20s, but after a while it just felt like a massive waste of time and energy. After a while I just started to think to myself, well, if the other person likes you, they like you. And if they don't, they don't, and you have to be able to accept that. This episode made me think that we put far too much emphasis on superficial things that bond us, whether it's film, TV, we love the same kinds of songs, we like the same kinds of sports, whatever it is. I've got mates who've said to me that if the girl is into The Office, Alan Partridge, Peep Show, that they're a keeper. <laughs> they're obviously nice things to share with loved ones, but are they a basis for a strong, long-term relationship? Is there such a thing as the one that we're constantly told in the media? For myself, I just don't think I pay too much attention to this. I believe that there's one of many and you just haven't met those people yet. It's a situational thing as well, right place, right time. 
Will Samuel ever meet the one? Well, the guy I know and have spent a lot of time with surely will. Before you go, let me tell you about our man test. The team and I created it with the belief that every man has hidden, untapped potential and I want to help you discover what it could be. Let's face it, we've all got dreams and aspirations, but the stresses of life can get in the way. I know I've been there myself. As men, each one of us has skills and knowledge that sets us apart from the rest. It's about discovering what they are and making the most of them. The man test is simple, it takes less than three minutes and will help you discover your true strengths and talents by working out what kind of modern man you really are. Find the link in the show notes and take the man test today. You never know, you might just learn something new about yourself that you didn't know before.